Welcome back to the Wad Pod Presents This Week in Crime. We're back with our buddy, Zach Chapeloni. How you doing, champ? Oh, I'm so good. We got this one. This one's going to be good. This episode, we got some Jamaicans stealing money from grandmas. We might do a little Putin update. Might go a little bit into the bong bong. And we got one uh, Native American guy that killed a lot of people for no fucking reason. Had to be a reason, dude. We'll hear about it. It was fucking, this guy's a psychopath. Scamming money out of grandmas. Jamaican National pleads guilty to defrauding elderly Americans through a Jamaica-based lottery scam. We caught him, folks. We did it. This is the guy. A Jamaican man pled guilty in Miami federal court today to participating in a lottery fraud scheme targeting elderly victims in the United States. Zach, have you ever been scammed or frauded by someone? Dude, I got hacked. My Instagram got hacked. Nice. How'd that get? How'd you get it back? I took a long, don't ever let your Instagram get hacked. They don't do anything forever. You've got to really like beg, borrow, and steal. Find someone that works there. It's a whole thing. But the guy pretended to have like a, uh, uh, pretended to be one of my friends. It was my friend's account. She got hacked. And she was like, hey, could you vote for me for this thing? And I wasn't reading closely. Read for bad English. Yeah. It's like, I am looking for your support for ambassadorship <laughs> of contest winning. <laughs> And I'm like, no problem, girl. I got you. <laughs> I will ambassadate that Congress meeting. <laughs> yeah, just read the fine print, y'all. Yeah, actually, uh, man, I, there's this guy on Instagram. One of my favorite followers. His name's Mossery, M-O-S-S-E-R-I. He's the head of Instagram. Each week he comes out with multiple videos on how they're changing stuff. Oh, cool. One of their great things right now is you can go on your settings, go into security, and verify four different ways. So they're trying to get rid of that. The guy's the best. I really enjoy his stuff. Um, I was never into, I never scammed people very often, but I never scammed a person or stole from a person, but I will fuck up a target. <laughs> I will take a target to its goddamn knees. I've heard targets like impossible to steal from. I haven't done it in a while. That's I impressive. Kinda, I used to steal a lot. You're like the kid. ocean's one of target. Yeah. yeah I've heard it's really hard. Oh yeah. And all I ever got was like M&M CDs and a nappy root, like, <laughs> Nappy roots like disc. It was it was terrible. The manager's got like twenty screens. He's like, let him walk. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him next time. It's called bait. And we chum the water, and then we get the big fish. Um, the thing I used to always fuck up when I was a kid was the Vacaville outlets mm. in between Sacramento and San Francisco. So the good thing back in my day, this is like I'm talking. I'm in high school, so like oh five oh six. The outlets were kind of like a wild west. People who worked there didn't want to work there. People in the shops didn't want those clothes there, so there weren't a lot of tags on things. So what I would do is I would go in, even though I used to sell drugs and do all that kind of bad stuff, I was always in like a pink polo, seven jeans, and flip-flops. Looked very ambiguous, right? Very much no one's looking at me. So what I would do is I would go to Nike, and I would buy a pair of socks, a pack of socks, and I would ask for the biggest bag they had, kind of like those ones that kind of stand up on their own. Then I would go to Burberry. I would go into Burberry, put it underneath, kind of like where you're looking through clothes, and just drop shit in the bag everywhere I go. So, dude, my senior and junior year in high school, I was, like, dripped out in Burberry. Damn. I looked like a fucking soccer punk. Just, like, <laughs> shaved sides of my head, Burberry thing. Dude, I had this one jacket. I have this sweater that I just can't throw away. It's probably three, probably $2,000. Yeah. At the outlet? At the outlet, yeah. Because so it's like a $25,000. Yeah. And the one, I mean, one arm is a lot shorter than the other one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but once I save up a little money, I'm going to hem it up. And then I got both. <laughs> it says Bunberry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was from a yogurt shop, but it was still pretty sick. I also used to sell, um, I've talked about this guy, Chad Box. He was kind of like my, uh, 
not boss, but you know, when I was selling drugs, there was like a gang of guys. And then I was like kind of on the outside. And if I had something, I'd tell them. Normally, I'd find out where other drug dealers live and I would tell them and then they would go rob them. Where's Chad Box now? I was Dead. wondering what happens to the kingpins. Really? He died and it wasn't. He actually, I've told this before on here. Um, so he broke in. He was, he was a pretty cool dude normally. He was a 6'8 black dude, wore like kind of liquor store sweats outfits, all black on black. Big dude. He was pretty cool until he got drunk. When he got drunk, he would like start picking fights and he was, he was big. Like I saw him knock out three people one time. They're all, they all short, but he knocked out three people. And so one day he was kind of when I started getting out of the drug dealing once comedy started working. He goes to jail because he got drunk and went into the wrong person's house and fell asleep on their couch. So this woman and her husband woke up and he was on their couch with a gun in his hand asleep. Six, eight black dude wearing all white. I mean, all black with a pistol in his hand, asleep oh on their my couch. God. And he was, I mean, he wasn't like, he was, I, don't, I mean, okay, he was who he was, but he used to steal stuff and then I would fence it for him. Like, he would steal it and go, hey, take this guitar. I want to say who, is, who, who stole it or who he stole it from. I don't know if I can, though. How long ago? What's fence the, it? What's the statute of limitation? What's the statute of limitation on fencing? Well, he went to, uh, what's fencing? Fencing is selling stolen goods. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah. So he one time went to a party at one of the guys from Tesla. Not Nikolai Tesla, but like the band. Oh. And he stole six of the dude's guitars. Dude, wasn't Dean Del Rey in that band? He might have been in that band. Wow, this would be a great story for me to tell him then. Yeah. He had a PRS guitar. I never even know what it was. <laughs> or he opened for them. I can't remember. Yeah, I think he might. Yeah. So I, uh, they're from Sacramento, so then I stole a bunch of guitars. Damn, who do you sell them to? Are they like... Just random people. Okay. Because I sold them for super cheap, and then people were like, can I see the serial number? And I would be like, they're for my dead brother. He scratched them all off. I just need to get rid of them. This is young, though. This is when I'm like They're just hugging 19. you after the sale. Like, yeah. He'll live on. He'll live on. <laughs> what is, right before he died, he just asked me to scratch off the serial numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Paranoid. <laughs> Paranoid fella. Paranoid day genius. Died. Yeah, that was a weird, man, that was a weird time. I just remembered all that. That's gnarly. According to court documents, Greg Warren Clark, 29, of Montague Bay, Jamaica, pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit mail and wire fraud for his role in a Jamaica-based fraudulent lottery scheme that convinced American victims, many of whom were elderly, to pay money to collect fictitious lottery winnings. An indictment was filled against Clark in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida in April 2019 and unsealed upon his extradition to the United States, which occurred in May 2022. They finally got the guy who's been sending me emails. Now, if they can only get that 30K I sent to that Nigerian prince back. Zach, do you know anyone who got scammed by email? My my uh, my wife's friend, he was on a vacation and he came home and his grandparents were like, did you get the 10,000? Oh. We set you free from the police station. Where's, your, he, where's your friend from? She, my wife grew up in Pacifica. But uh, the, I think it was like some international people that just we got one from a guy who got a lot longer than we'll keep you up. Okay. Might be the guy who got you in trouble. As part of his guilty plea, Clark admitted that from in or around September 2013 through in or around August 2015, he worked with co-conspirators, including Claude Anthony Shaw, in a scheme to defraud in which victims were called and falsely told that they had won over a million dollars in a lottery and needed to pay fees or taxes to claim their winnings. Couldn't you just be taken out of the lottery winnings? Yeah. Send me less. <clears throat> right. Yeah, that's weird. 
Greed. Victims were, yep, yep, yes it was. Victims were instructed to send their money through wire transfers or the mail to Shaw and other individuals. Clark further admitted that as part of the conspiracy, he and Shaw discussed over the phone through cell phone plans to receive victims' money. At Clark's direction, Shaw received money from victims through wire transfers and the mail. And they just kind of did that until they wired it to Clark and his co-conspirators. And then the people would never get their money. Shaw previously pled guilty to mail fraud in the U.S. District Court in Fort Lauderdale. In June 2017, he was sentenced to 36 months in prison. Yeah, I feel like I'd plead guilty for 36 months. I know. <clears throat> They're not even talking in years. No. <laughs> it's three years, but, you know, it's like 36 months. Oh, let's do it. That's my question. That's my next question. 36 months. How much money would you have to scam, and then you kind of got it hidden away, so you're not going to get it, to be okay with going for three years? You might be able to get out early if it's not federal. Oh, Probably man. federal, though. I, I mean, dude, if it was like three years, I'd, I'd hope it was at least a mil. Oh, yeah. I would have After to tax. No, I'm just saying like, like it was my scheme. Oh, wait, do they don't tax it because they don't find it? Yeah, that's true. It's not taxed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, here you go, IRS. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're going back to jail. I stole this from your mom, your aunt. <laughs> I don't know what the tax is, but, you know, no income tax. I did the time, double jeopardy. I saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like, no, it would more be like, how long would you, how much money would I have to give you to go away? To for sit time? for you, kind yeah, of. Yeah, 36 months. Uh, I, yeah, I'd probably be at least a mil. If it's a mil, I'm sitting. I but need like ten. I would I would say upwards. Okay, I'd say upwards of eight. Yeah, eight million. Because I just recently heard like if you put away eight million in a smart way, it can like grow with interest, and you kind of like live meagerly, but you'll never have to. Do shit. Well, if you do five percent off eight million, that's yeah. like four hundred grand a year, probably. Yeah, maybe more. Probably way more. Yeah, so eight million. That's my new number. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I would do that. I mean, if I got like eight million, I would then use some of that money and I would just like pay off the Aryan Brotherhood and everybody just kind of protect me. Then I'd have a bunch of snacks. Yeah. One of those little TVs that look like those old Apple monitors. Remember when they were like color kind of colored? Yeah, yeah. Watch whatever the biggest guy wants yeah. to watch. <laughs> Teletubbies again. Teletubbies. <laughs> I gotta listen to your podcast again. <laughs> All right, so that's just part one, bitches. Defendant in Grandparents Scam Network sends for RICO conspiracy targeting elder Americans. A California. Whoop, whoop. Let's go. Man, man was sentenced to 46 months in prison for his participation in a large-scale grandparent scam. According to documents, Jack Awar, A-W-U-O-R, 25, of Paramount, California, was part of a network of individuals who, through extortion and fraud, induced elderly Americans across the United States to pay up to tens of thousands of dollars each to purportedly help their grandchildren or loved ones. On March 9th, 2022, Ower pled guilty to one count of conspiracy under the Racketeering Influence and Corruption Organizations Act. Dude, yeah, I think this might be the this people the that guy, scan yeah. my wife's friend's grandparents. Yeah. A new, a, a good scam I just heard about was a buddy of mine named Daniel Moquin. He's Jetski Johnson's boyfriend. He had a guy who used to live at his house. He used to be in a big punk band in the north. Um, guy got addicted to fentanyl, so then he moves into their shed. And he, but he was very smart, and he used to go around going to the little e-bikes that you rent, stealing them, taking out their motors, and sending their motors, selling their motors for a thousand bucks a piece. What? 
You got to have a network. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to sell that motor. It's just like the 200 pounds of meth, you know? Like, how are we even getting rid of these? But you find, I mean, what kind of, what kind of, like, crowd are you hanging out with that you're like, yeah, I sell, like, refurbished It couldn't be more what I imagine, like, hanging out at a punk show would be. It's like, if you can get me a motor, I'd get you $1,000. <laughs> Bike motor, any kind of motor. <laughs> He's just he's just moshing. Yeah, they're screaming at each other. I get you a motor. <laughs> Punches a guy in the fucking head. <laughs> Members of the net network contacted elderly Americans by telephone and impersonated a grandchild or close relative or friend of the victim. They falsely convinced the victim that their relatives or friends were in legal trouble and needed money to pay for bail or medical expenses or a car accident, or to prevent additional charges from being filed. The defendants and their co-conspirators then received money from victims via various means, including in-person pickups, the mail, and wire transfer, and then laundered the proceeds, including through the use of cryptocurrency. Owar personally made cash pickups from numerous victims. Owar also recruited and directed other members of the conspiracy. The FBI's San Diego field office in North County Resident Agency investigated the case with critical assistance from investigators of the San Diego District Attorney's Office. You know, I assumed it was someone in the country they were in, but it makes sense because you could just look on, like, Instagram or Facebook and see them in Greece or whatever, and then just call right there, like, hey, this is the police in, in Greece. And you could you know. see who's their family members. Right, right. You know, like an old person on Facebook. I love my niece, Juju. She's in Greece right now. See that? Bam. Right. You know, I love when Owar like shows up though, and he's like, "Hello, it is me, Onis." Right. <laughs> this is a uh, Sergeant Gustom uh, Panopoulos, uh, Santorini Police Department. <laughs> <laughs> we need you to wire uh, three Bitcoin over <laughs> as quick as possible. <laughs> it's full law stuff. Stop asking questions. <laughs> Learning someone's grandchildren's names, then calling the grandparents and asking for money is a pretty solid scam. If you are and I are going to start a scam, what are we going to do, you think? Um, I'm calling that, like, that racist uncle that just hates how liberal his his family's gotten Mm. and being like, dude, we can knock some of your kids around, make them scared (laughs) of a race. (laughs) Because I feel like the racist uncle, they always kind of make good money. Yeah, racist. They're like, they're rich conservatives. Yeah. People always are complain about that guy. Yeah. And they can't touch him because he's, like, self-made or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I would tell him, like, hey, man, you want to scare some people racist? Yeah. You know? And yeah, then like, you can sit, say, I told you at yeah. Thanksgiving. Be like, I told you minorities would rob you in the streets. <laughs> or like, you know, yeah, we're trying to pass a new ma- a new law where you just get to beat up liberals. I do need somebody to invest in it. <laughs> right. Um, how, do, do, do you think you'll get scammed when you're old and desperate for any human interaction? Oof. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm ripe for the picking. I'm yeah. low-hanging fruit. You know, uh, Felicia Folks, who works here at the Comedy Store, she she is not. She's the only person who has not unblocked me from the scam. <laughs> and she's like, and I was like, why why aren't why aren't you unblocking me? I can't even tag you when you do our shows. And she goes, you showed your week. <laughs> she's like, I don't want to be sincere. If I get scammed, good. it's on me. That should be in dating profiles. Like, have you had someone hack your Instagram? Have yeah. you been scammed? Have you sold it in Nigeria and you're some money. Right. How many times? Please describe in the box what happened. <laughs> totally. I got scammed one time when I was selling weed. A friend of mine goes, hey, a friend of mine wants to get into selling drugs, weed. Do you think you can help him out? And I go, okay, I'll flip him a quarter pound. He'll pay me back. This is a good friend of mine. 
kid took the quarter pound, gave it back, and then I gave him another one, and the kid disappeared. And then I, yeah, that was a whole thing. I couldn't get close, too close to, like, the scammers in my neighborhood, like, the kind of, like, hood dudes, because they would, like, we'd be friendly, but they would just rip off, like, friends of friends. Yeah. You know, and then your your guy's looking at you like, what the fuck? I thought your buddy wanted to yeah. buy the weed, and he just fucking... Yeah. Pistol whipped me in the head and took it. And I'm like, he's weird, man. Let's get, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, he had a bad childhood. <laughs> about to have a bad adulthood if you don't give me that fucking weed back. <laughs> What's the worst thing that ever happened to your grandparents? Do you have any weird stories about your grandparents? I don't really know I, mine very my, much. My grandma, she doesn't speak any English. Oh, yeah. She's like straight Moroccan, like from the village, tattoos on her face, never learned English. It's like a, a sign of beauty in their village. And uh, that's tight. Yeah, it's pretty cool. She gets scammed all the time, though. She'll get on a bus in San Francisco, and someone's like, hello, and she's like, she doesn't know any English, so she just pulls out her social security card and ID and just hands it to them. We're like, In a checkbook and a credit card? <laughs> yeah. We're like, Wima, put that shit back. <laughs> <sighs> all right, this is a good one. Wapato man sentenced to 50 years in federal prison for three homicides on the Yakama Nation. Spokane, Washington. Today, Chief U.S. District Judge Stanley A. Bastian sentenced Clifton Frank Peter, doesn't sound like a Native American guy, 37, <laughs> of Wapato, Washington, to 600 months in federal prison to be followed by a five-year term of court supervision when he's released in restitutes amount of $86,000. Now that lingo, the months thing, it's not, yeah. it's not helping anymore. No. Call that a year for me, please. Please. Put that in years. 50, 50 years? I was going to say, guess 60. I'm bad at math. Yeah, 50. That sounds right. 50 years is so... Oh, wow. That's tough. I mean, Months or years, that's tough. He There's no right it. way to say that. Okay. What do you do? Earlier this week, Pleader pled guilty to three counts of second-degree murder. In announcing the 50-year sentence, Chief Judge Bastion described the murders as horrible, if not monstrous. He also stated, this case was, was senseless, pointless, and a horrible act, leaving three dead people and their families traumatized for life. Fuck. Horrible, if not monstrous, may be the last thing you want to hear your judge say before he gives you his sensing. Right. He's like, I don't think this is going to go very well. Yeah. <laughs> That's my Native American. It's not very good. Some, some, what are some other things you wouldn't want to hear a judge say? Me? It was good. I could have done better. <laughs> oh, you done fucked up now. And last one, you knew that was my kid, right? <laughs> what about a judge just going, good God, man. <laughs> he just spits. <laughs> 700 years. Judge is just puking back there. You're like, this ain't going to go well. <laughs> is this a good puke? Is that for me? What he... do you do for lunch? <laughs> At the egg salad? Because I don't feel good off the court cafeteria egg salad. Yeah, that's what I would lean to my lawyer. I'd go, we, going, we thinking trauma puke or food? <laughs> good or bad sign? <laughs> According to information disclosed during court proceedings, Peter is an enrolled member of the Confederate bands and tribes of the Yakama Nation and has a violent criminal history. In 2011, he was convicted in Yakima County Superior Court of first-degree robbery with a deadly weapon and theft of a motor vehicle and was sentenced to 36 months of imprisonment. In 2013, he was convicted of second-degree unlawful possession of a firearm and sentenced to nine months of imprisonment. First off, my guy's putting up some Hall of Fame numbers there. Different decades, really running through it. Yeah. 
Zach, here's a chance for you, a question for you. How many chances do you think a person should get? You know, my first reaction was like, what prison did he go to? Because mm -hmm. I feel like some shit could just happen in a prison. I mean, your life is ruined now. Like, yeah. you're not, you're, they're not rehabbing you. Yeah. You know, so, because uh, it's like, seems like his first few crimes were not that bad, right? Like, I guess he well, robbed, he robbed somebody with a fucking deadly weapon. But unlawful possession of a firearm, that's just like. The second one was because he's a convict. And he so he can't have a gun. Yeah, but you know, also like if I'm on a fucking, I don't really know what tribal land is like. But I'm gonna guess most people have a gun. And second degree unlawful. I've never even heard of that. I mean, he didn't wasn't planning on having a gun. <laughs> Probably just had it, I guess. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I would I'd feel terrible if I said that this guy deserved a second chance, and then he ended up killing and traumatizing families. You know. Yeah, and for not a good reason. On June 1st, 2020, Peter was at his home, which is located within the external boundaries of the Yakima Nation. Peter spent the day consuming alcohol and playing video games. Hell yeah. <laughs> he became visibly upset while playing a video game and began yelling. His family members decided to leave the residence due to his outburst. Question, Zach, what game is he playing and what alcohol is he drinking? Oh, my God. COD, Mad Dog, whatever. And a whole lot. He's got Purple Rain, Orange Julius, Mad Dogs. Yeah, I was going to go Mario Tennis and a Mountain Dew Baja Blast that he put Popov in. I mean, I've definitely, like, been crushed by a kid who just, like, I cannot beat. Mm -hmm. And they're just talking incessant shit. Yeah. Imagine that kid just being like, I don't think that guy took this one well. <laughs> he just takes off his headphones. I'm going to kill every kid I see for the next five days. I don't know what he did. I mean, but also it's like maybe this guy shouldn't. He has multiple gun offenses. Maybe he shouldn't be able to play video. I don't even. That's know. weird. I've never heard of like the video games are bad argument until this, this guy, story. Yeah. And now I'm like, you might need like a mental evaluation to get your hands on a PS5. Peter attacks his mother as she attempts to leave and then took her vehicle. As Peter backed out of his driveway, he nearly collided with a vehicle being driven by a person identified in court as victim number one. Oof, not a name you want to get. <laughs> Just throw my real name up there, dog. <laughs> yeah, give me hope. Oh, this is actually pretty fucked up. Peter exits his vehicle and shot victim one with a shotgun. God damn. Victim one died due to a shotgun blast. Peter then re-entered his mother's vehicle and traveling northman slammed into the back of another vehicle that was occupied by people identified in court documents as victim two and three. Oof, I hope that's Swedish for something. <laughs> Hopefully they all knew it. It's actually like Steve Victim. It's like a family. <laughs> right. They're not actually dead. <laughs> Peter got out of his mother's vehicle and shot victim two and three with a shotgun. Victims two and three died as a result of a shotgun blast in a car. God damn. After the murders, Peter attempts to hide the shotgun before walking into the residence of a family member. Zach, you just shot three people and walked in your family member's house. How are you trying to play it off? I pull the collar out and I slide it in my shirt. <laughs> and I go, I'm not feeling too good, Grandma. I can't hug today. That is bizarre, just being like, oh, shit. Where do I hide this? It's like you weren't worried about hiding when you fucking rear-ended a car and shot them. He's just hitting B to like <laughs> switch the guns up. <laughs> it doesn't work in real life. Cycle. Cycle to just the hand. <laughs> uh, Peter told a family member that he had done something bad. Jesus. Damn. His family member refused to allow him to enter the residence. You know how bad this kid's got to be 
This Peter guy, you can't even enter. If I go up to my aunt and go, I've done something bad, they're not like, you need 10 feet away. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably had that talk of like, he's going to kill someone yeah. someday. Deputies from the Yakima County uh, Sheriff's Office and officers from the Yakima National Police Department quickly responded to the crime scene and officers apprehended Peter. Members of the Washington State Patrol arrived and assisted with the crime scene and the FBI assumed jurisdiction over the investigation because it's on uh, tribal land. Damn, dude. I'm I'm kind of anti-video game after that. I know. Uh, that's well, like, like for the right, wrong hand. V- video games and boozing in the wrong hands. It's like, all right, if you, if you, you know, they have parental locks. Yeah. If you get a video game and you're a guy like him, mm-hmm. you should only be allowed to play on easy mode. Yeah, I like that. Win. Let yeah. this guy fucking win. Or if you're going to play COD, you got to have a breathalyzer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Load up. I guess just Paper Mario. I got to get a little serious. <laughs> All right, we're back with a Wad Pod review. One of the old World on Drugs episodes we did, trying to bring it back. Putin uses war to spread rumors of Ukrainian Nazi terrorists. I don't know if you guys have heard about this one. It's pretty big. Russia blames Ukraine for Moscow car bombing that killed daughter of Putin ally. Putin's like best, well, we'll just say it. Russia on Monday accused Ukrainian agents of detonating a bomb under the car that killed daughter of a prominent Russian far-right ideologue on Saturday as he was driving to Mos- Moscow. The bomb killed Daria Dugin, a 26-year-old journalist and daughter of Russian political philosopher Alexander Dugin. They're probably both Dugin. Uh, what happened is Dugin is said to be the consigliere of Putin and one of his best friends. But this is the thing. We just we did three Putin episodes, and what Putin likes to do. So when 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 Russia has a terrorist attack, attack they kind of go through a Patriot Act thing that America has, where if something bad happens, this guy now gains all control and can do whatever he wants. Now, does it make sense for him to kill his well, essentially what the American uh, media says his best friend's daughter and like the guy she says everything to do this, or you know his best friend who's a who's a political philosopher and kind of right-wing nutjob, sacrifice his daughter so that they now can go into Ukraine without any previous uh, problems. And then, you know, they feed it to their Russian media, and now everyone's going like, yeah, these guys are bombing their people. Damn, dude. <clears throat> I don't know which one's worse, honestly. I mean, that fa- if the father did it to his own daughter, just for the fucking... She was like a... Uh, she was kind of like a uh, Jessica Beetle or like, what's, what's one of the hot... She wasn't that hot though, but like one of those like right wing Fox News anchors. She was oh. like pretty big over there. She's like oh, a news wow. anchor. Yeah, <clears throat> but you don't think it was terrorists against that? So this is what they're gonna say: Dugan, a prominent Russian hawk and anti Western ideologue with some influence, and in the Kremlin was allegedly the intended target because man, I keep saying Dugina and Dugin was apparently driving her father's vehicle after they left a conference when Dugan spoke. The FSB, which is essentially the uh, Russian FBI identified the Ukrainian agent as Natalia Vok Vovk, Vovk and said she allegedly fled with her daughter to Estonia. Russian secret services said she was a member of the Azov Regiment, a branch of Ukrainian military with far right ties and labeled as war criminals and Nazis by Russia. I feel like people just throw Nazi around pretty easy now. Yeah. <clears throat> Ever since soup Nazi. <laughs> it's really it's, it's, it's all Jerry Seinfeld's fault. This is my question, though, right? So it's kind of we, we, every person you can meet can kind of identify as Rush as uh, well, not Russians, but Nazis being bad. Then why do you think people, especially a lot in America, want to be Nazis now? 
I don't know, man. I mean, I do feel like people throw the term Nazi to kind of like deflect blame. Yeah. You know, think. like that that spy that they're saying, it just sounds like the beginning of a James Bond movie yes. where it's like you're wanted for murder. And it's yeah. like, I didn't murder anyone. And you're a Nazi. You're like, whoa, hold up. Yeah, the murder yeah. I can do. I'm not a fucking Nazi. Now I'm really on the run. Yeah. Yeah. But people, people, you know, I, I saw a thing about how like racism is like a bonding experience for young white people. And I never thought about it like that, but it totally is. Like, you know, like, dude, do it. Do say the word you're not supposed to say, you know? And then the kid will do it to like impress, be like, whoa, you're the craziest one of the group, you know? Um, and I feel like for Nazism, it's just that. But instead of it just being like some fucked up idiot friend group, it's like also their parents. Yeah. And then their parents. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's just less evil to them because it's they're born into it. Yeah. yeah, I would also say you know Nazi calling someone a Nazi is like the laziest way you can of trying to get people on your side against somebody. Yeah, because like you're like I don't have to find any information or anything like that. If I just say they're a Nazi, no one's gonna be like, well, let's let me hear what this guy's got to say. Right. It's just like this person's bad. Everything they do is bad. So on Sunday, Ukrainian president. Zelensky said any negotiations with Russia will be cut off if show trials proceed against Ukrainian forces captured in Maripol. So essentially, these Azov fighters became prominent because they held out for weeks in Maripol as Russians were bombing them and everything. And then when they finally surrendered in mid-May, the Russians were like, we're going to fuck them up. And Zelensky's like, don't fuck them up. The car bombing in Moscow may mark a turning point in the war and see Russian President Vladimir Putin become even more under pressure from the nationalist right to, in Russia to escalate the war even further. Essentially, if he did plan this... Mission accomplished. Mission fucking accomplished. Yeah. It definitely sounds like how he'd get down. You know what I mean? From the little I've like read and watched about him, he'll fucking swing some shit just to be like, we had no choice. <clears throat> I think, it, yeah, because... I mean, if you're Ukraine, I don't think Ukraine thinks that they're going to beat Russia. I feel like they're just trying to put him off. Yeah. And if you're just trying to put someone off, would you then kill his best friend's daughter in a car bomb? Right. It doesn't add up. In a statement, Putin called Dugina's killing a despicable, cruel crime targeting a bright, talented person with a real Russian heart. Actually, Russian hearts are actually one big heart, and then you open it, there's a smaller heart, and there's another smaller <laughs> heart. <laughs> That's a real Russian heart. And a patriot of Russia, he sent his condolences to the Dugin family. Although Dugin is described by Western journalists as a very close to Putin and providing the Russian leader with a manifesto for neo-imperialistic aspirations, many Russian experts dismiss the characterization as false and say Dugan's influence on Putin is marginal. I would not agree. I mean, it. what if she lived? They, they, they reported everything, right? Yeah. They could have just fucking... Yeah. It was just a blown out car, but there was pictures of Dugan freaking out next to the car. Oh, it's pretty sad. Oh, okay. Even as like a bad guy, I'm guessing he is just There's not kind an of actor a guess. for that. Yeah. Yeah, unless he was acting, he was just like backing, like saying like why in Russian. Fuck. Regardless, Dugin is a prominent figure among Russian hawks and nationalists, a group within Russia's elite that may be gaining power as Russian war becomes fiercer and threatens the instability inside Russia, especially in the event of Ukrainian gains on the battlefield. As of now, Ukraine's forces have limited Russian advances in the east and south, but Kiev is pushing to reclaim lost territory who throughout time would you kind of want to be there rasputin dugan consigneri you going geopolitical criminal fun oh i would fall for fun yeah what's the guy uh i'm thinking like um 
LMFAO. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, they bring up good point. Party rockers in the house tonight. <laughs> I would be like Dr. Jerry Buses, you know? I'm like, hey, Jerry, maybe we should tell Magic to wear a condom. And then <laughs> just fall back into a wall of boobs like Homer Simpson in that bush. He's <laughs> like, boobs surround the square <laughs> till he stops talking. Dugina's assassination adds a sense that the war is accelerating as Ukraine, aided by steady supply of advanced Western weapons and intelligence, hits back at Russia and its pro-Russian allies in Ukraine with missiles, drones, sabotage, and other means of attack. Last week, Russia announced a new $775 million arms package for Ukraine. And up to date, we've given them $10 million. Or $10 billion. <sighs> People are mad about it. I don't... I, don't, I mean... If- what do, I, what do I want instead? I don't have student loan debt. Yeah. I don't have a, you know, forgive my PPP. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like if that money's not going to a war-torn country, it sure isn't going to us. And it's also, it's kind of like, I feel like we're, it's almost like buying like a timeshare. Yeah. You know, we're like buying Ukraine to fight this war for us. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And for like the Western world. Yeah. Of. A lot of people. And it's. It's getting pretty bad. It's ugly and sad, but I hear people being like, well, we're wasting all this money over there. I'm like, what the fuck are you going to Like, your money, people doing billion, trillion math. My favorite is when people go, I don't want to be uh, under the weight of the government's uh, debt. I'm like, what weight are you talking? What it, What's going to change? Right, right. I, like, I pay taxes. I'm not sure if I notice that big of a difference from one year to the next. Yeah, and like... I could be wrong, but, like, explain it to me. Yeah. You know, instead of these people just, like, claiming to know. And they're like, dude, if I were president, cut the war off now. Take that trillion. Um, opioid crisis, gone. <laughs> you know? Homeless people, gone. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> right. I don't know, you know. Detroit, auto jobs, back. <laughs> we're building Chevys in Detroit. <laughs> explode. Would you rather explode in a car bomb or a plane crash? Uh. Fuck. I think you can live from a plane cash. You can. Uh, people have lived through car bombs, too. The dude in Casino. That, that guy in the true, true story. Or I guess it didn't fully go off. Fuck, man. I mean, a plane crash sounds terrifying, but a car bomb sounds painful. I think I'd go terrifying over painful. Really? I think car bomb seems quick. You think? You're like charred. You think you burn to death or you just explode and you kind of like shocked? And that's one thing I always wonder is like if I'm half head over here and half, am I still feeling? I'm probably it's like a little, it's like a lizard with a tail. Yeah, like my feet, my feet are rolling down the hill. Can (laughs) someone get those for me, please? Apparently, they hurt according to up here. (laughs) It's hot, it's hot in this car. That's a tough one. I, I can't pick. So we go back to this one, goes back. This one, we're gonna try and go a little bit quick if we can. All right. Um, this one's all about, so, one of our past ones we did about right before we stopped for the second season, we went all against, we, we, we went deep into a, Putin keeps killing all the rich people in Russia that are going against him, and then he takes their money, because it goes back to the Russian government, and he is the Russian government. So, more details on Putin and ties to mysterious deaths of Russian oligarchs. We have so many Russian tycoons died suspiciously, suspiciously since the war began. Richard Pendlebury investigates a strange series of fatalities, casting another shadow over Vladimir Putin's regime. This comes from Richard Pendlebury, 
from the Daily Mail. Yuri Voronovov's corpse was found floating in his country house swimming pool early last month. Drowning accidents occur every summer all over the world, but Voronov, a multi-millionaire Russian tycoon, met his watery end in a manner that was both highly unusual and no doubt alarming to some of his peers. Don't always lose your arms and legs when, from a drowning incident. Bro, you're going to hear these things. They're so fucked up. Oh, God. Mr. Voronovov. 61 did not drown. The normal crystal waters were clouded with blood thanks to a close-range gunshot wound that killed him. Then there's the case of Antoly Chubais, a former deputy prime minister who oversaw Russia's transformation from communist to capitalist economy. He was taken suddenly and seriously ill this week. Until recently, President Putin's special envoy of sustainable energy and climate exchange... Climate... Ugh. Third time's a charm, baby. He was taken suddenly and seriously ill this week. Until recently, President Putin's special envoy of sustainable energy, Mr. Chubai, 67, was at the highest Kremlin official to resign his post and leave the country in protest at the invasion of Ukraine. It is being reported that the economist is on life support, suffering from a rare neurological disorder. Other sources and opposition activists have speculated that he is the victim of an attempted murder by poisoning made to look like natural causes. An unnamed European intelligence agency is investigating. You got to assassinate someone to make it look like an accident. How are you doing it? Uh, I think I've heard if you like uh, crush up like apple seeds or something, it like makes cyanide and then uh, uh, kills you, but it just looks like you have a heart attack. And because like no one's like apple seeds. I wonder how many apple seeds you knew. I know. Hey, Zach, we saw you bought 17 kilos of apple seeds recently. What's yeah, that? making my grandmother's pie. <laughs> You got a problem with that? Holidays around the corner. <laughs> What's crazy is like you can't just die normally over there anymore. No, you know, or like yeah. I swear to God, it's cancer. Yeah, it's like yeah. But I also have a wound here with a little dart in it. <laughs> right. Me, I'm going back Looney Tunes, falling piano. Oh yeah, just ended on a piano. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because people are gonna be like, come on, you think something happened? Yeah, I'm, we're just hoisting pianos. <laughs> Such suspicion is understandable. The Chubais case is only the latest in a series of mysterious illnesses and violent deaths. More than a dozen to have befallen Russian businessmen, officials, and their close families since Putin's special military operation in Ukraine began and Western sanctions were imposed. The deaths appear to be caused either by suicide or domestic dispute, albeit amid the wild tales of shamans, toad venom, illicit affairs, and hearts drawn in blood. Yet there is another link. Like the unfortunate Varnov and Chubas, a number of these dead men held high-ranking positions at or close working ties with the Kremlin-controlled energy giant Gazprom. This $68 billion Leviathan, Russia's biggest company, is center stage in Kremlin's economic and military confrontation with the West over the Ukraine. So essentially, German, a ton of places in Europe run off of the Russian gas. Wow. So people are wondering, why are these people getting killed? Have they run out of favor? Um, They're throwing toad venom out as an excuse? They're like, hey, what do you want me to say? He was hippie. <laughs> he don't look inward too much. He might not come back. <laughs> ayahuasca. He went, to the, he went to Mexico, had the ayahuasca, decided to kill his family, slit their throats before him, and pull out his tongue like coward. Just do vodka and, and pickle and mushroom. That's it. Regular mushroom. Here's some of the guys. 
Leonid Shulman, the 60-year-old boss of Gazprom's Invest Transport Service, was found dead in a pool of blood on the floor of a bathroom in his house in a wealthy gated development in the district of Lazinski near St. Petersburg, where many top Gazprom officials have their country home. Uh, there were, he had both of his wrists slit, he had a brokely, badly broken leg at New Year's and was reportedly left a suicide note stating that he suffered from severe pain. Dearest mother, any day now I feel my leg might break and both wrists explode in blood. <laughs> uh, some people say he was being investigated for fraud. Probably not. On February 25th, the day after the Ukrainian invasion began, and again in the Lazinski estate, Shulman's Gazprov colleague Alexander Tulyukov, T-Y-U-L-A-K-O-V-61, was found dead. His girlfriend apparently discovered the body in the garage. The senior financial and security official at, de at deputy general director level had died by hanging. A suicide note was found nearby, the contents of which have not been disclosed. Reports said that he, he had been badly beaten before he hung himself, which, you know, everyone... Once you just throw themselves down a... I've lost a fight so bad one time that I'm like, you know what, dude? Time to do what they couldn't. <laughs> when Jake Paul knocked out, uh, what was that one guy? Oh, the UFC uh, champion. That, I would have killed myself. And so it has continued on April 18th. Vladislav Anyeviv, 51, a former Kremlin official and vice president of Gazprom Bank, the energy company's financial affiliate, was found dead by his daughter Anastasia and his family, $2 million flat on the fourth, 14th floor of a Moscow block. At this point, if you're getting promoted at that bank, you're like, I'm good. Uh, you know what? I'm a low-level mailroom. That's my passion, the mailroom. My passion room. are toilets and <laughs> <laughs> cleaning them. Please, I don't want to be murdered. And not only Avayev, his wife, Alina, 47, and their daughter, Maria, 13, all had been shot and a pistol discovered in the dead man's hands. My God. So what they, so what they, the Russian assassin or assassins did was they said, or trying to portray that this guy went and killed his wife, killed his daughter, and Chris Benoit himself. himself. Chris Benoit himself, yep. As yet, an unsubstantiated story disputed by friends suggested he had been driven to madness after his wife told him she was pregnant by their chauffeur. It had, therefore, gone down officially as a case of murder-suicide. Damn. But a neighbor said he was a nerd. He was a smart and rich nerd. There's no way a man like that could kill. Three days. <laughs> what a douchey neighbor. That fucking nerd. <laughs> Wait, you mean to tell me he had the balls to kill his kids and his wife? That, that pussy bitch ain't killing nothing. <laughs> he had me take a spider out of his house. You mean to tell me he'll kill his wife? I've been keeping his lawnmower. He hasn't even looked me in the eye about it. <laughs> He drinks white wine. <laughs> Ain't no one drinking white wine kills somebody. Three days later, an even more bloody family slice slaying took place, this time in a Spanish remort of Laurent de Mar. Millionaire Sergei Protasania, 55, former deputy chairman of Novatech, Russia's, Russia's largest private gas company of which Gazprom is a major shareholder, was found hung in his villa garden. The bodies of his wife, Natalia, Natalia and the 18-year-old daughter were also in the house. They had been hacked to death with an axe as they slept. Damn. I mean, at that point, the it's not even the promotion anymore. It's like Gazprom being like the number one gas provider. It's like, oh, we're number two. I've been trying to tell you. We're number two. Those guys at the gas deck, those guys. Wow. I don't like them. Go Putin. Yes? Yeah, Putin good. Everyone have fun. Get me out of here. I need friends. I need friends. 
Ukrainian-born Igor Volobuev, V-O-L-O-B-U-E-F-50, who left his role at the bank to go home and fight against Russia, declared, All these stories are strange. I don't believe in suicide. I will not fit it into my head. Yeah. He's like, I would rather go to war yeah. than run a bank still. Because that is the job where I'll definitely get shot in the fucking head. Next to go was shipping billionaire Alexander Sabotin, 43, who had been a senior executive of Kremlin allied energy giant Luke Oil. This was perhaps the most bizarre of all the deaths. Sabotin was found dead in May in the basement of his home near Moscow of a shaman who specialized in voodoo rituals. It is initially suggested that Sabotin had died of a heart attack having had toad venom dripped on his skin. Official reports later stated that he had succumbed to a cocktail of cocaine and alcohol. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, you got to do a lot of cocaine and alcohol to die, though. That is a new cocktail. <laughs> that is a new co- <laughs> What cocktail is that? What? Let's name this cocktail. Yeah, you ready it's for just summer of 2023? <laughs> Can I get the Farley? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a double Farley? Oh, my God, dude. Alexander Gorev, 64, a former senior Kremlin official, diplomat, arms dealer, and oil business executive. What an evil three things, four things to be. Kremlin official, diplomat, arms dealer, oil business executive. They never say softball coach, good dad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Foodie. Soup kitchen volunteer. (laughs) Never comes up. Was found dead on June 6th in his dacha on a 30-acre estate in another exclusive rural development near Moscow. His body did not display any signs of violence, official reports stated. An investigation is going on. Oh, that sounds like apple seeds. That's apple seeds. They heard that one. That's apple. That's some Breaking Bad shit. There was no such mystery about how Ukrainian-born telephone mogul and philanthropist Yevgeny, Y-E-V-G-E-N-A, Palant, P-A-L-A-N-T, met his gruesome end a little more than a week later. He and his wife, Olga, also Ukrainian-born, were found in their dacha near Moscow by their daughter, Polina, with multiple stab wounds. Damn. Like, just to think that this is a coincidence that every rich person that might be away th- against him is dying, and then he gets to consume their money that they have in any Russian banks or any Russian assets. <clears throat> that is, I hate to throw the word around, but that is how the Nazis got down. They would just be like, oh, yeah, you have the biggest, like, manufacturing company. Well, we'll kill you, and then, uh, Steve, you got yeah. the fucking... I'm like, no, no, once again, toilets. <laughs> yeah. I want a toilet. Like, I would love to be VP of this company. <laughs> It has been reported that Olga had flown into a rage when she discovered that her husband, who had been had connection with the Kremlin elite, was having an affair about to leave her. She stabbed him 14 times, then inflicted failed nice rooms on herself. How fucking dumb is that? Someone just stabs themselves? Yeah. No one does that. I mean, no one has ever done that. Yeah, that's that's just fear. That's fear. That's the mob being like, yeah, he fell on a knife. You know, yeah. And you're like, I'm not going to question it, dude. Get me out of this room. Get me back to my family. Before she died, it is claimed she drew two hearts and blood on the wall of her property. Now they're just getting weird. Yeah. They're like, what's the I suck dick sometimes? <laughs> See what I said? Is that what I said about Sergey? <laughs> one friend reportedly disputed this scenario, saying that the couple were so harmonious and that one of them possibly killing the other because of jealousy causes nothing but bewilderment. He's like, all right, we got to get ahead of this. I'm thinking two hearts. <laughs> Right? That's love. Twice. Cycle shit. What kind of cycle shit would somebody do? Marilyn Manson rules. <laughs> I'm going to write that in blood on the wall. <laughs> we take out their bottom uh, ribs so that they can maybe suck their dick for Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Told you, diehard Manson fans. <sighs> okay, here's an idea. So those are just some of the more recent people killed since the last time we did this podcast 
five months ago. Questions. If you were in Russia, why would Putin kill you? In secret? Yeah. Like, what did you do? What do you think I would that? be dodging him at every turn, and for and somehow I'm such a good businessman, my urinal cake business is just <laughs> sore. <laughs> and I'm begging the shareholders to stop investing. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Isis Beatles Urinary <laughs> Track Balls. Please stop buying these. Business is sadly booming still. <laughs> <laughs> we have record numbers again. <laughs> Please start buying these yellow cakes. Steal from us. Our company employs steal. It's okay. You need printer? Take printer. You need pen? Take pen. Please, God, stop being number one yellow cake factory in Russia. All right, we got one more. Uh, you know what? We're just going to do this a quick one. So those guys who don't remember our last World on Drugs episode was Bong Bong. Now, Bong Bong's dad was the prime minister, essentially the president of of the Philippines, and he was the single reason why the Philippines are a shithole. He embezzled over $100 billion out of the country. They tried to get it back. He's saying he's going to pay him back, and then he had his son go kind of like, almost like if his son was like in Idaho congressman or something, doing nice shit in Idaho, and then um, his son just got elected as the new president of... Oh, he beat out the old guy? He beat out the, 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 uh, the guy who like or, Trump's homie? Yeah, yeah. So... The old president was super into martial law where he was killing people and doing all this crazy stuff. And now his son came out and the first thing he said in his opening speech was how much he loved his dad and his view for the Philippines. Is this good? No, this guy's bad. This guy's worse than the last guy. The last guy was... I know he's killing drug dealers on site. Yeah, he killed a lot of people. I think it was like between ten to 100,000. But I think this guy... Jesus, I'm fucking hiccuping everywhere. This guy's going to steal money like his dad. Yeah, he's just going to ruin the country. Whereas, what was that guy's name? Whatever. All right. That's the podcast, everybody. Shout out to Tony Gidley, <laughs> Comedy Store Records, West Coast Gardens, best weed in the world. I smoke it every day. It doesn't give me the hiccups. Zach, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I don't have the hiccups. I'm really excited. Uh, my new movie, Bobcat Boys, is out. Uh, you can rent it at Bob bobcatboys.com. I also have a podcast called Hesby Street, and we, we have an episode every week. If you want to join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Hesby Street, H-E-S-B-Y Street, uh, you can get an extra episode every week. Great, funny podcast. I've been on a bunch. And also check us up at the setup in Culver City at Citizen Park Market every Wednesday and Sunday. Peace, everybody. Thank you, Tony Gidley. Bye.